Welcome to Growth Colony. I'm Alex from X-Growth. Today, we've got an edited version of our ABM Talk session we held on Friday, September 3rd, 2021. ABM Talks are open AMA-style sessions for ABM experts and the curious to discover what's happening in the world of account-based marketing and ABX. If you want to participate in one of these sessions, make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Today, we're discussing how to run a successful ABM pilot campaign. So get ready to dive deep into how to select your accounts, how to engage with sales, how to approach orchestration and tactics, and what to report on. Of course, we also cover community questions during this session. If you enjoy the episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share the pod with a friend you think could get value from it. That's enough from me. Let's dive right in. So we've done multiple talks about, you know, the, the kind of basics and the foundations and, you know, how to go about and make sure that the sales is on board and all that stuff. We, we've done we've done conversations on that front. But today is is like, OK, I'm looking at starting um, and where where do I start? Right. And then there are this is kind of what 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 I've put together is a little bit about company of like maybe have definitely a couple of sales counterparts, a couple of people in sales and uh, and and you're looking to uh, to kick this off. You you definitely have some accounts that are very valuable, some accounts that kind of in the middle and some that are, you know, not as valuable. So that's what uh, what what this is what put this thing in place with that in mind. But it, it applies to a lot of wide range of um, uh, companies and try to make it as general across all our you know, the, with the experience of all the work that we've done with all our clients from, you know, like $100 billion Zoom all the way to uh, a, you know, 50 person or 30 person company uh, down here in Melbourne, right? So it's just, it's a mishmash of all of that together. So let's, uh, let's, let's dive in with the first one. So the, the, the most important thing, and this is the, the, the fluffy stuff, but so important is that when you're, if you're a marketer and you're trying to get ABM, whatever you call it, ABM, ABX, ABE, going in an organization is find a friend in sales. Find somebody in the sales department who you can partner with. And one person is enough. They got to be eager enough. You got to kind of get a good feel that you can work with them. That's probably the most important thing. Have a, you know, talk. And then the way you could do that is, first of all, you you would know your sales team and you could point out and be like, you know what, uh, maybe this person would be the best, per- best person to talk to. And go to them and have a chat about, hey, I'm thinking about doing an ABM. I can start with some of your accounts. I'm guessing that you've already got approval from your management uh, or, you know, director of marketing or, or CMO, whoever it is that kind of approves your work. You kind of go to that, that salesperson and usually would sell an account executive. Usually they would have a X number of accounts that they would have to target. Depending on company, that could be quarterly, that could be yearly, that they would, they would be targeting these accounts um, or it could be even a shorter period of time. But whatever it is, you know, talk to them and say, hey, I, I, I want to target and work with some of your accounts and show them some of the case studies. We did a whole talk about how to get buy-in from sales. Um, maybe it's a bit of an overkill for one salesperson getting them on board, but it's it's good. Go, You could go back definitely and check that out. Get that one person on board, understand their accounts, understand who they're going after, and then work on their accounts. Do all your, all your work on that account executive's accounts and, and build it from there, right? Build your model from there. And, and the good thing about that is limiting your exposure to multiple salespeople, it, it becomes really overwhelming when you have a couple of AEs that you got to handle. The complexity of the campaign drastically increases. The coordination, the conversations, the amount of uh, 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 catch-ups that you have to have drastically increases. And therefore, it increases the likelihood of a campaign f- falling apart. So that's a really good approach. Get one salesperson, go with them and start having a conversation uh, with them in terms of their accounts. The second step that you got to think about is, all right, I have my salesperson on board. How do I select the accounts that I want to go after? Your account selection is 50% of the success of the campaign. If you, you, can, you can have the best creative and the best message and the most 
you know, innovative way of going to market. If you've picked the wrong accounts, it's going to fall flat, right? So, uh, so 50% of your success is dependent on the accounts that you select and making sure that you set up, you're, you're set up for success. And by the way, the, the, the process that I'm going through here, this is going to, if you make a mistake at the beginning, it's going to go through the whole process. So you would, you would understand the importance of the first steps and how critical they become later on down the, camp, down the campaign, right? So then you want to select your, um, your, uh, uh, your, your accounts. The way you select your accounts, it could be there, there are usually three ways in terms of the sophistication of, uh, of an organization. Number one, the first way to go about selecting an account is you would basically ask your salesperson, hey, what are your top 10 accounts? Tell me that. And just work on those top 10 accounts. That's number one. That's the, this, the least sophisticated way. Still a good way to go about it. Be wary though. Sales team tend to come and say, give you the accounts that they have not been able to get into. They're extremely hard to get into and it's their wish list. That's not the best way to go about it, right? So, so be mindful of that and, and communicate that with your sales team. Sometimes what we say to our clients is that, hey, give us your tier two accounts. Don't give us the, the, your dream accounts for at least for the first campaign. Give us the tier two accounts that, you know, they're still good accounts, but they're not Combank and NAB and AGL and, you know, all these big organizations that are really hard to get into. So that's the first way that you could, you could pick, pick your accounts. The second way that you could pick your accounts is to create a prioritization matrix. So this is a little bit more advanced. You have to have a better understanding of what makes a good account. And the prioritization matrix is that you would come and build it out First is built based on your ICP. So you would say, hey, if an account is between, I don't know, one to 50 employees, it will get zero points or it might get negative points. If it's between uh, 50 and 200, it will get this, this many points. If it's between this and this, it gets this many points. And then you, you map out the criteria that, you, that, that are important for your organization. Uh, these could these could be anything from hey if they have someone new joining their organization I'm I'm targeting CIOs they have a new CIO that gets that gets five points and it and it comes up uh, I'm uh, you know the industry is important do we have case studies in there um, uh, those are some of the standard ones but there there could be very specific ones for your organization as well that makes an account good and make it makes an account bad the recency. You know, how, how engaged have they been? Have they been engaging with some of our content? You know, what is the scope of that content? You might have a freemium component. Are they a freemium customer? So you could you could bring all of that into your prioritization matrix. That makes it a little bit more sophisticated and uh, and 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 foolproof when you uh, uh, and, and an objective when you're selecting those accounts. So the salesperson would give you give you those accounts. You take them through, and then you have a uh, a, a better list of accounts. Probably the, the most sophisticated uh, method, and this is probably five percent of organizations are at this point, is that you would use predictive tools. So these are tools that would go and analyze your existing customer and database. And then based on their, the AI and the algorithm that they build, based on your, your customers, they would lay, layer firmographic and technographic and so on and so forth, that kind of information on top of your customer base. And they would say, all right, cool. We understand these are the best customers that have, have or these are the best companies that have become customers. Here's a list of um, other companies that you can target. As I said, you, know, you need a very large database. You need expensive tools. But that's probably the uh, the ultimate um, area of uh, of account selection. But step number two is account selection. Now, by the way, if if there's anybody who you have any questions, make sure to uh, where where do we drop that, Alex? Yeah, you can put it in the chat. Drop them right yeah, there. Drop in them in the chat, and uh, and and we can uh, we can we can cover it as well. So. Here's one thing that also depends. So one, people are like, how many accounts do I select? Do I select five accounts? Do I select 20 accounts? Do I select 100 accounts? It depends. It really depends. 
in and I and I know that's the worst answer that that anybody can give uh, when it comes to these things, but it really depends on the maturity of your organization. If you are a startup, don't go with the purest definition of ABM, which is you know here's we're going to only target five accounts. Very risky to do that. It 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 um you know you're putting your eggs into one basket and it could fail and and that could mean that could mean failure for the organization as well. So increase your, your, the size of your accounts, but be very mindful that don't go, you know, a lot of ABM vendors talk about, yes, you could target a thousand accounts with, uh, with targeted ads. Targeted ads is not ABM. It's just a channel that you can put your message at, right? So don't go in the thousand space, maybe pick 50 accounts, 60 accounts, 100 accounts, uh, if you're a smaller organization uh, that, uh, that that you try and do ABM, but where we don't go and we're working, when we don't go beyond, we don't go beyond 150 accounts for for a campaign, unless we're just showing them ads, and we're, we're just serving them ads. We don't go beyond that. So work that out with your organization. If you're very mature, you could definitely go and and you have very strategic accounts. You could you could work in that range of we have ran campaigns against just one account. Um, you could have those extremes you can have uh, the other end of it as well. Um, JP, so if step two was account selection, what was step one? Step one was, was picking your, your sales partner. That's step one. Um, okay, next step. So next step, we get into the, the tactics and the, uh, the, the approach for, uh, for these accounts that you have. So. The very first thing that you want to do in, in step number three, decide on your on your the campaign that you want to run against these accounts. So what is your objective? That's one of the most important things. So usually you have three objectives. It could be four, actually. Are you looking at net new acquisition? So these are accounts that have never dealt with you before, or maybe dealt with you in the past, and they're kind of dormant that you haven't worked with them in, uh, anymore. Are these some of the larger organization or organization who would deal with government, is this a, is this a, like a tender support? Um, tenders could go for nine months. And as an organization, you want to put yourself in the, in the best image in front of that government agency that, uh, that you're, uh, you're, you're, so can marketing or an ABM campaign bid support or pipeline acceleration. Those are two names that are used in there. Or you're looking at account expansion. So you have an account that is spending $50,000. It's a, it's a $50,000 annual recurring revenue. And you say, you know what? This could be a $500,000 account. And we're going to work on that and, uh, and, and increase that. Or you know, it could be a larger $200,000. It could be a $5 million account. So that's an account expansion strategy. Now, those are the three objectives that, uh, that, that you can work on. The, the third one is probably partnership. So you can run... ABM campaigns against um, uh, an organization that you want to partner up with as well. So that's uh, that's also a possibility. Those are the objectives usually that you see. Then you come and say, all right, by the way, everybody asks me, what are different tactics for different, uh, different objectives? The tactics are the same. It's really the message that changes. You can run a webinar for Acquisition, net new acquisition, pipeline support, account expansion, and partnership. You can run direct mail. You can run ads. You can run, you know, pretty much all the tactics that are available for you. You could use them across the uh, across the spectrum for these different objectives. But you fix your objective. What is the next step? The next step after that is what is the value prop that we're going out to these uh, to these accounts? Like what we what do we want to tell them? And and that comes down to your um, your messaging. I usually tell people there is a hierarchy of messaging. So your your messaging goes through. You have your market messaging. So that's the that's the message that you put on your website, right? That is for everybody. It's broad um, and talks about you know you as a as a company to to the whole whole world. The step after that, you have your vertical messaging. This might become relevant for some organization. Some organization might talk about problem messaging. So vertical messaging is, what is our message to the banking sector? What is our message to the healthcare sector? What is our message to the um, 
uh, you know, some other sector. Or you might say, hey, we don't do sectors, we do problem-based. So we say, you know, we have one message that is uh, customer experience, for example, our, our value prop to all organizations about customer experience, our value prop for, um, I don't know, um, cost reduction to, to all organizations. So it could be problem-based messaging as well. So that's the second tier of messaging. The third tier of messaging is persona-based. So this is our message to CIOs. This is our message to uh, this is our message to um, head of HR, whatever it is, right? So then you, you get to a, a persona-specific. And then the last tier is the account-specific messaging, where you create messages specifically for one account. And it's not relevant for anybody else. There could be some overlaps, but really you're talking one-to-one -one with that account. So when you're building your messaging and also selecting your accounts, you got to think about what, which one of these makes sense. Sometimes it could be a combination. Sometimes you might say, hey, we're going to, for our ABM, we're going to do some vertical messaging and persona messaging uh, for, uh, for these accounts that we, that we have. For when you select your accounts, for example, you work with an AE and you realize that on their list, they got 20 accounts in the uh, energy sector. So that's a great place to say, all right, what, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to take that 20 accounts and create messaging for them because now your, your budget for messaging scales. And the really tricky part is when you have a couple of accounts that, that you would need to create very different messages for that is that's that, that blows up your costs, right? Immediately things are going to uh, blow out of the water. So really great to find ways that you could batch accounts together when you're running your ABM. Again, unless you say this is a very special account, we're going to give them a lot of love. Okay. So once you go through that, as I said, the, the, the next step in terms of the, the tactics and all that is to, to figure out what your messaging is and how you're going to batch those messages so that your, 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 the, your resources go further. So, uh, so that's on the, when you're thinking about messaging, that's where, where you got to um, focus on. Any questions on the messaging stuff? Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, just, just, just write your questions in there and, uh, and then we'll get to them. So once you have your message, that's where you got to start talking about tactics. Okay, we have, you know, we know what we're going to tell to these people. Usually it's good to build a messaging hierarchy um, of, uh, you know, what, for, for whatever type of messaging that you're doing that, hey, for ads, we're going to say this, for landing pages, going to say this. But then you get to your tactics and the channels that you're going to leverage. And you got you got to make a call of what are some of the tactics that you're going to pull in to get this message in front of the right decision maker. Tactics include... Um, ads, right? Everybody loves ads. Uh, it includes email. It includes calls. It includes uh, direct mail. It includes dedicated landing pages. It includes, um, uh, I, I'm blanking right now, but you know, all the tricks that you can leverage, the, the good way to think about it is a tactic is a way that you put that message in front of a decision maker. And by the way, the way we look at it is the, your SDR team, if you have a sales development team, or maybe you call them BDR, business development reps, or market development reps, whatever you call them, they you could you could look at them as a channel as well. They're going to make some calls. They're going to make send some emails. They are also a vehicle for putting the message in front of the uh, in front of the decision maker. So you now have to think about all right, how do I bring all of these together? To, to, to make sure my message makes sense, but these accounts are being targeted from all these different channels. And what I would also say is, it's very important to have a, a, a multi-channel approach so that you are, um, you, you don't just leverage email, okay? That's the, really, you can't call that account-based marketing. Don't just leverage phone. Put all of these together. LinkedIn is, is another platform that you could do so many different things on, on, on LinkedIn as a, as a, as a tactic. Um, it's ads, messages, videos, um, uh, feed posts that, that you can get engagement from and so on and so forth. So those, are, those again, are tactics, webinars, and the list of tactics goes on. I'm sure everybody over here is pretty familiar um, with them. But 
your job becomes really important of how do I bring all of these together, for example, in the next six months, so that these accounts get a very consistent message through multiple different channels, and most likely multiple different people in that organization will get that will get that message, right? So that's the uh, that's the next step. And once you put that together, it's very important to create a very clear cadence of what is going to happen. When are these things going to happen? Then it's execution. Then you you have your sales partner as well, and there are certain responsibilities that that sales partner has, and there are certain responsibilities that marketing has has to be has to be that way, and you start the execution. So you know it could be um, um, actually one thing that I that I did miss. It's really important to also have a warm up phase. So a lot of organizations would go and straight with ABM start with outbound. They're like, all right, I've built my list. I've built the contacts in there and who we're going after. SDR, start hammering them. What's really useful is also, also to create a warm-up process where you, you this could be through webinars. This could be simply through ads, just running ads for two months against a certain account so that they become familiar with the brand, you know, your, your front of mind. Uh, they, they, they maybe know who you are. The objective is not to get MQLs here, right? Uh, it, the objective is not for them to fill, fill forms for you. The objective is for them to just be familiar so that when you, the actual campaign starts, you have a higher uh, likelihood of, of, uh, of um, penetrating those accounts, right? So warm-up is really important. Uh, and then you, uh, you start executing your campaign. As I said, a campaign could go for three months. It could go for 12 months. I know um, IBM ran a camp, ran a three-year campaign against the big bank, right? So, uh, so it could it could be very long as well. But you map that out and you start execution. That's three. Number four is reporting. So, I've said this many times. When you start to scale your demand gen KPIs into ABM, it falls apart and it doesn't work. Your MQL model doesn't work for, for ABM. So you have to start defining success differently for ABM. You have to look at, get a lot closer to, to because keep in mind, you have sales on, on, on board. You should start thinking about number of meetings booked. You should start thinking about Again, this is it can be very bespoke for organizations. You could start looking at we were getting invites to tenders, you know, five per quarter last time. That has inc- our invites have increased by thirty percent, and we got, you know, um, whatever thirty percent of five is uh, one seven and a half um, invites, eight invites uh, to, uh, to, to tenders, right? So that's another measure that you could, you could take into consideration, but you got to change your metrics, change your metrics and, and, and know that you're going outbound and you're, you're targeting these individuals, number of meetings that you're having per, per account. Um, the, if it's, if it's an existing customer, are you doing anything to increase NPS? Are you, um, are you increasing the number of people who know about your organization in that target account? Um, uh, we talked about number of meetings. There's, there's, there's a bunch of different criteria that you got to think about, but move away from never mention leads. If somebody comes to me and says, oh, you know, we're looking at running an ABM campaign and we're trying to generate some leads. I'm like, all right, we've got to do an educational session. That's, that's not how it's going to work. Um, leads is, is you pretty much get rid of uh, the, the term leads uh, when you're looking at an ABM model. So, so go further up market. Have some. Make sure you have leading indicators and lagging indicators. So, leading indicator, lagging indicator is revenue, but revenue could be nine months out. You don't want to go through nine months and um, and realize that uh, that you haven't hit hit you you weren't on the right track. So, make sure you have leading indicators. The other, the softest way to look at this also is engagement. So, you could install and set up tools that monitor who's come on your website, some of the target accounts that you have, have they interacted with your website? Have they interacted with your ads? That, that's probably where you, you're going to start interaction and, and engagement with these, opening up your emails and then 
make those KPIs harder um, as and, and more robust as you as you go up. The other thing that is really important with reporting and, and uh, um, kind of that collaboration is weekly catch-ups with your sales counterpart. And you got to dig deep. You, you Sometimes you can't take their word for it. You have to have those catch-up, regular catch-ups with your sales counterpart. We like to do it weekly. Uh, marketing comes in and talks about what's happening with those accounts from their end. Also update them. If you're building assets, update them. Hey, I'm building this. What do you think about this? What do you think about this messaging? What do you think about what I'm writing over here? Bring all of that up with them because it just gets them more and more excited about the campaign. And later on, when, when it is their time and there are certain responsibilities from their side that they need to put in, they become a lot more invested and they would, they would put a lot more effort in it. So share with them as much as possible. But once also the campaign is live, have those regular 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes a week catch up. Hey, here's what I'm seeing. Here's our engagement data. This account is engaging more than this other account. I found this out. Do you think this is important? And also get their input of what they're doing. Some of their responsibilities might be outreach. Uh, you might have identified individuals in those accounts that they're going to be reaching out and, and opening doors. They might be sending emails. So they're going to come with their feedback as well in terms of what they're, um, what they're seeing from their side as well. So those are prop, those are the four main areas when you're when you're running your first ABM campaign. That those are the fir first four areas to think about. So get your sales partner in, uh, select your accounts, build your messaging, and then decide on the tactics that you're going to execute, and then get into execution and make sure you do proper reporting, have the right metrics. And uh, and regular catch up with it with your sales counterpart. Now we got a couple of questions as well, Alex. Right? We sure do. That that people have submitted. Let's. Um, um, I want to make sure I those. start with the ones with the people who are actually attending right now as well. Sure. Um, Amelia's got a question. Um, Amelia, I'll, I'll invite you to ask it if you like. If you want to uh, turn your mic on. Hello, are you there? Yeah. Yeah, Amelia, shoot. I'll be honest, I've forgotten what I've written. Would you like me to read it out for you? <laughs> I'll read it out and you That'd can great. go follow-ups. Um, do you have any examples of how ABM campaigns might differ at different stages of the funnel if they do? Um, for example, awareness versus conversion. Also, what does ABM look like in the new world of remote, remote work? I.e. digital only execution. Got it. So let's talk about funnel stages, Amelia, first. How does that sound? Sounds good. Thanks. Okay. So funnel, I, I touched on this a little bit, right? So how does how does ABM differ at different stages of the funnel? As I said, we call it warm-up. It's really important to to warm warm up an account. Um, but also, you all pretty much you already know what stage an, an account is. So keep in mind, this is an outbound approach, right? So when you are selecting your accounts, what you definitely want to select are the accounts that are that are furthest down, they're closest to the money that you could add value and you can show, hey, we added value here and this turned into, into revenue, there, there, there's definitely merit in terms of uh, leveraging ABM. So you definitely want to look at accounts that are further down, down the funnel. But what does a full funnel ABM look like? As I said, you have to get a good understanding at the beginning where which stage they're at. Do they not know anything about us? Are they an existing customer? Well, they, that, that puts them at a different point. Um, or are they... Um, uh, have they, you know, did they have some freemium usage of, of what we're doing? So all of that changes how you approach, how you approach your account. So the traditional funnel model doesn't work as well. And you have to, you have to change it a little bit. But as I said, before you kind of engage in any kind of a, a campaign, it's really important to think about how am I going to warm this account up? 
am I going to run some bespoke webinars and you know send bespoke invites their way to uh, to get them to to come to the to the webinar? Do I want to run some ads so that they just know our brand that they know they've seen our logo and they when we reach out they're like you know what I've seen that logo somewhere I can't remember where. Um, but they, they have some recollection of what it is. So that's the way I would think about the funnel. We have never used the, you know, kind of awareness consideration, you know, uh, maybe we haven't used those specific words. The way we approach it is, hey, um, are we running an ABM campaign for net new accounts, which probably means they don't have awareness for, uh, of us? Are we running ABM campaign against accounts that are maybe freemium, which we would call it a pipeline acceleration. So there we consider them maybe in the pipeline and we're, we're, we're going to further push that out. Maybe it's a it's a deal that sales is already engaging with and talking to and, and marketing could could uh, could support additional resources, maybe sales needs. Sales was a really good example is sales is working on an account and you're like, hey, do you want me to run some ads, some case studies? That are relevant to this particular um, uh, to, to this particular account, they'll be like, "Of course, I want you to run some case studies." So you make sure that not only case studies appear on the proposal that the sales is, is submitting, but it's also across the web. Multiple different decision makers see it, uh, or are they uh, in a um, uh, already a customer and you're looking at expansion? So. The accounts are already there in different stages of your funnel, and you're creating an ABM campaign around that. Usually, um, hope that hope that helps. Does that make sense, Amelia? Yeah, it does. Thanks. No any well, any follow ups, Amelia? There at all? Um, not really. I guess I just wanted to know if you had any sort of examples. I know you mentioned IBM earlier. Um, but any other sort of real-world examples of ABM campaigns that are maybe a bit more? Well, I mean, I don't know if you can comment on the success of them, but um, just any sort of examples that you've seen that have stood out? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we we run ABM campaigns every day, right? Um, so, uh, so definitely have. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of one example that would. Uh, so, so we ran one campaign uh, against uh, a specific account that was uh, targeting the banking sector, specifically around security uh, options, right? And uh, and we wanted to talk to them about, hey, we want to help you with security. People have gone remote. Uh, security becomes really important. So we went through the exact process that I talked to you about. Uh, we worked with them on who's from sales is going to be working with us. Who is um, uh, who is the uh, which are the accounts that we're going to go after? Why are we going after these accounts? We scrutinize those accounts to uh, to the bone. Uh, we then sit, sat down to start working on messaging. We then put start putting the campaign together where we had a warm up phase at the beginning, and we had I think in this situation we had about hundred accounts. We had tiered those accounts that were more important accounts and le le less important accounts. Um, the more important accounts had advertising on multiple different platforms that were going out to them. They had direct mail. They had handwritten letters. They had um, emails. They had calls. They had um, um, they, there was a there was an ebook that we crafted specifically that was printed and bounded that was sent to them. So so that's that was those are the tactics that we use. So we warmed them up with some advertising in the beginning, and then those were the tactics of, for the actual campaign that we use for tier two. Um, we still were leveraging the advertising component. We're still leveraging uh, calls, emails, LinkedIn, um, and handwritten letters. But that was that was it. So you know the level of investment was different between the two two accounts. Um, so uh, so that's that's another example, right? Of of that going for you know that was like a four month campaign that uh, that we ran. The tricky part is how do you connect all of these together? And what do you see for success rate? That particular account that that particular campaign that we ran, we had a twenty six percent meeting booked. So out of the 100 accounts that we uh, we ran, we booked 26 meetings out of that 100, 
right? Which is if you're doing email, I think email's reply rate is like uh, 10% and then meeting books out of email is like zero point, it's like 1% or zero point something percent. Um, so you, you kind of see the difference of when you go in multi-threaded, multi-channel, very bespoke, very personalized, that number went up out of 100 accounts, went up to 26. So um, that's another example, Amelia, uh, of a campaign that we've, we've run. So thanks for that question, Amelia. Let's let's keep moving. Um, I want to ask Jean-Paul's question now. And uh, JP, um, Paul, I don't. I hope you don't mind. I want to read it out just because you phrased it in such a great way. But please, uh, feel free to add to it as well. If everyone's doing ABM and chasing whales, is there an opportunity for efficient rabbit hunters to chase smaller, faster close deals where there's less competition? I love it. Um, JP, you want to add anything to that? Uh, well, <laughs> Shaheen, yeah, the, I suppose the thing is you, you may have covered part of this, as you said, there's tier one and tier two. So I didn't realise that ABM actually was so broad. I didn't realise that you could go after industry segments, persona-based or problem-based. So... It sort of you sort of have covered that, but um, yeah, I was thinking you know instead of everyone going out for these big, as you said before, like NAB, Combank, those large, really large whale type deals, that multi-year deals sometimes, you know, is it possible to scale um, more efficiently for smaller opportunities? Yeah, and that's a great question. And what I usually say is, if you're running this is for bigger organizations. Let's assume you have ample resources and your product applies to a wide range of companies. Good example, DocuSign, okay? So a small organization can buy DocuSign, a five-man band um, and, uh, or five-woman band, um, and a, uh, a you know, comeback can buy DocuSign as well. So when you run ABM, first of all, it does not mean that you have one go-to-market strategy and that's just ABM. So organizations would have multiple different uh, go-to-market strategies that they would be implementing. So there will be a go-to-market strategy for smaller organizations of, again, depending on your company, one to two, one to ten individuals in in a company. There will be another there, there could be another strategy for companies that are, you know, ten to two hundred seat organizations. And every company would have different um, uh, different names for these. You know, it could be SMB, it could be majors, enterprise, mid-market, right? And they would have different strategies for different, uh, different uh, types of organizations. So now ABM could cover some of those. ABM can cover your enterprise accounts, which are 10,000 plus uh, seed companies. You could have a different ABM strategy for organizations that are um, in the kind of majors space, which is probably about a thousand or two thousand to ten thousand employees. You could have a different strategy for mid-market organizations that are between two hundred and uh, and a um, thousand seat organizations. I would say it's really hard to go below that with ABM. But what you see going below that is demand gen, right? Um, and this is where kind of demand gen and ABM emerge uh, or, or overlap, where is that mid-market space. Uh, but, but really below that is demand gen dominates um, that, uh, that space. Now, I gave employee seats as an example here. That could be those metrics of, of how you define where different organizations fall for you dif- differs for different companies, right? For some point, number of seats matters. For somebody, the industry matters. For somebody, um, number of particular users in a certain department matters. Yada yada yada. But you, what I'm trying to say is, does not mean that you would have one go-to-market strategy and only one one approach to the to the to the market. But, uh, just yeah. um, one thing: would it be based on the customer lifetime value? So is there, a, is there sort of like a baseline? And let's say that, you know, that, would it be 10K? Would it be 50K? Would it be 100K? 
Yeah. So customer lifetime value is another metric that organizations would categorize when, when they're looking at different companies. And they usually what happens is from there, they extrapolate and they would put a company, hey, if they're 10,000 and above, that means that the lifetime value of this customer for us is this. Therefore, we're going to put them in that category. But yeah, you were right. In a purest fashion, okay, of ABM, and this is so subjective. So I want you to take this with a grain of salt. But in a purest definition of ABM, when, when an LTV of an, of an organization is around the mill mark and above, that goes into one-to-one. When it's around 200, maybe even 150,000 to a mill mark, it goes to that mid-tier of ABM, which some people call it scale ABM light ABM, one to few, those are different different names that you would hear for it. If it's between kind of 30, 40,000 uh, and, uh, and, and that 100, 150,000, it goes to the programmatic phase uh, and you, you allocate those accounts there. This is very subjective when I'm saying this, okay? It really depends. But if you want to get a very purest definition of ABM and somebody's like, this is not a million dollar deal and I'm not going to put it in one-to-one. That's how they would approach it. Those are some of the numbers to give you a little bit of reference. I've dropped in um, one of our past talks as well, Jean-Paul. What's the right type of ABM for your organization where we talk about tiering? I think we talk a bit more on LTV as well in that. So might be a, a great one to listen back to. Um now, what else do we got, Alex? We let's 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 tackle Ellen's question because Ellen's here, um, Ellen Richards, who and Ellen, if you, if you want to ask this question yourself, feel free or can add a follow. Maybe, maybe read the question and then and then Ellen, please clarify. Yeah, Ellen's interested to know from a SaaS perspective the best approach to ABM. Ellen, you want to clarify a little bit on that one? I think I think Ellen Ellen might have left the room. Left left the building. Um, all right. From SaaS perspective, we could we could definitely touch on that a little bit as well. It it, it really doesn't change. It's um it's the same approach. Like it, it, if you're selling services or you know a, a SaaS product, doesn't necessarily change anything. The only thing that that does uh, alter um, from a service perspective and a SaaS perspective is that. The, the, the initial sum of money that you get as a SaaS company is usually a lot smaller than a service-based company. So service-based organizations are the organization that kind of invented ABM because and came, it literally came from Accenture um, because it was a five, they looked at one account, that's a $5 million deal, right? And they, they, that's the, those are the numbers that you, they usually deal with. Now, SaaS has, again, still there are certain organizations that could be multi-million dollar deals and hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars of LTV um, and so on and so forth. We talked about LTV, and that's a great way of approaching it, of looking at uh, lifetime value, categorizing your, your kind of um, uh, your accounts, and then, and then work on that. What I would say is the reason I was so careful about saying, hey, it's a million dollars. And then there is like 150 to, to a million dollars. And then the reason I was very careful about that was different organizations would define their tiers differently. Oracle would do a one-to-one campaign for a $50 million deal. DocuSign would do a one-to-one for a million dollar uh, deal. Oracle's one-to-one campaign would probably have half a million dollar allocated to uh, to just marketing for that fifty million dollar deal. They were, DocuSign would never see their money back if they spend half a million dollars. So what I'm trying to say is, different tiers also get defined differently at different organizations. So uh, so to, again, that was the reason I was very hesitant in saying, hey, if it's a million dollar and above, it's one-to-one, and if it's this range, it's that. Keep that in mind. Sounds good. Well, what um, else do we got? We do one well, more we, question. Yeah, we've got a question from Paula, and uh, I know Paula's here. And I, I think we've actually done uh, a previous session on, on this one as well. So I'll, I'll drop the link in here for you, Paula, for our session, Five Things You Need Before You Start ABM. 
But Paula has asked um, what you need to be ready to implement ABM as a strategy. Um, I don't know if you want to clarify anything that Paula let us know. And you want to add to that, Paula? Paul's left the building. Paul, I don't know, Paula, you might be mute. Oh, we lost Paul. Oh, it just fell on us. <laughs> All right. Well, we got the link there and, and definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. definitely check that out. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we do have a few others here. Um, oh, we still do? All right. Let's let's go through. Uh, yeah. So also, if there's anyone have any questions for, from, you know, from our chats, just drop it in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If anyone else on the call does, now I'm ready to um, some of the submitted questions from other people. Um, okay. How important is industry segmentation for ABM from Shim Singh? Cool. Um, yeah, industry segmentation is 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 important. And when I say this to people, people are like, oh, that's just vertical marketing. And we've been doing that for a long time. And uh, yeah, that's correct. But it definitely has a place in ABM. And if you um, if 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 it makes sense to to kind of break down your messaging per vertical, as I said, what, what your messaging could be is it could be vertical or problem focused. If it makes sense for it to be vertical, do vertical. Um, and you might do prioritization against that vertical and say, hey, these are 20 accounts that are in this vertical that are really important for us. And you, you start focusing on those 20 accounts. That's completely fine. Um, but when... When it's not ABM is when you say the banking sector is a, is a vertical for us and or the financial service is a vertical for us and we have this 500 accounts there. Well, that's not ABM. That, you, you're going to probably run some demand gen strategies on that. But it becomes ABM and a vertical uh, focus when you're saying financial service is a vertical for us and here are 20, 30, 50, 100 accounts um, maximum that uh, that we they're really important for us and we want to focus on quite quite heavily. Hundred is a heavy load, by the way, but you know it could be done. But um, but that that's that would be the ABM approach to, to vertical marketing. Nice, and actually, think we have already covered the other three questions that uh, were submitted. So sounds good. I don't know. Does anyone else have anything they'd like to ask or any any comments that like they'd like to add in or add to? Or what's your experience been in ABM? Actually, actually, I, I do have a question here, Shaheen, come to think of it. So what, what once, you, once you've finished, no, no, it's actually a different one. So once you've done your pilot campaign, right, what should you take away from that and move on to the next part? Yeah, good. That, that's a good point. Um, so you, you want to do whatever you can to set your pilot campaign for success, because in most organizations, ABM is new and you have to convince management that, hey, this thing actually works. So you do want to set that up for success as much as possible. But what, what tends to happen is, let's say you've, you've picked one salesperson and you work with that salesperson and you start getting success. What happens is other salespeople and, and more skeptical sales, sales individuals in the organization start to notice and that's a great way to start expanding it and be like, okay, now we can run some ABM campaigns for your accounts. And now we can run some ABM campaigns for other people. And so that's one direction that it can go. So you start working with more accounts. Then you start to also develop a, um, an ABM team where they start to focus on key accounts for your organization. So you would have maybe... 20 accounts at any given time that it's under the, the company's ABM radar. These are the most valuable accounts for your organization. You're going to give them a lot of love. Again, this, is, this, this becomes more and more um, critical in organizations that are larger, but you would build that, hey, these are 20 accounts. They're very important accounts. We're going to give them a lot of love. We see a lot of expansion opportunity here. We also have products that we can offer these organizations. And that could be a year-long, um, sometimes three years, you know, longer period of time to kind of convert these into, uh, into larger customers. So those are a couple of ways that you can go where 
you expand into other sales with, with with other sales individuals. Now you can also build a case study to bring more team members on board, make your ABM campaigns more sophisticated, um, and, and grow it that way. Or you could uh, you could build, build that kind of center of excellence for very dedicated accounts that you want to target uh, target and and go after and um, and and have an ongoing strategy for those. You know these could be. You would be running webinars bespoke for them. You would have one calendar for your overall, like usual stuff. You would have one calendar for these that will be very bespoke for these for these twenty accounts, so on and so forth. So that's that's how you um, that's how you you expand your your IBM campaign. One of the things that I would say is I think it was Hitachi that what they did was they ran a couple of IBM pilot projects. They got a lot of success. And then they turned to the sales department and they said, if you want ABM campaigns, you pay for it. We run it. Um, and that was a, that, that the money didn't come from the marketing budget anymore. Sales became very involved and they became very critical in terms of which accounts would go in there. But marketing basically said, hey, you now you know this works. Now we're going to be in the driver's seat and uh, and and you know, you have to fund, if you want an ABM campaign, you have to fund it, which is an amazing place to be as a, as a marketer. Awesome. Well, we've only got a few minutes left. Has anyone got any, any final words, any, any final points they want us to cover? Get, Cara, we've got to get Dudley in. Cara has this awesome Hi. carrot. <laughs> Awesome, awesome parrot. I love it. Awesome parrot. I got a dog underneath me right now. Where is she? What are you doing? So any any anything else before we wrap up, guys? Any other questions? Anything that uh that we should cover? Well, thank you so much, everyone, for, right. for joining us this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure Ooh. to have you on the call. Um and uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you at the next one. If you we, you might get a uh, feedback form sent from Luma after this, and uh, if you have any thoughts on other topics that Give you would like feedback like us to cover, Give us feedback. Um, yeah, please uh, just reply back to that. It just goes straight to my inbox because um, we'd love to know you know some other topics around ABM that um, you'd like to learn about more in depth. Yeah. So thank you Good. so much. Give us feedback, guys. Thanks so much. Have a great, enjoy. If you're in Melbourne, go outside. Awesome weather. Um, and otherwise, we'll see you later. Catch you next time, everyone. Everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing the pod with a friend. If you'd like to join our next ABM Talk session live, make sure to join the community Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks again for the support and we'll see you in the next one.